Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Even before that day when you would appear in the clouds to gather your saints, where every eye will see you. We say daily as we leave, let our gaze still be upon you. Daily as we leave, let us not see another thing that is not you, O God. Help us, O God. We seek for daily insight. We seek for daily unction. We don't want to run with the glory of yesterday. As you move, we want to move. As you adjust, we want to adjust. Cause our hearts to be in a position to be swift to move with you. We, We are very ceremonial, God. We build monuments. We mark anniversaries. But God, we ask this morning that we will be more in tune with you, Lord. Amen. The questions in our hearts every day will be, where are you, O Lord, today? Amen. We will not be lost in the euphoria of the experiences yesterday. Amen. The experiences in the past will make their mark on us and bless us, but we will stay with you, O God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, have we prayed. Can we give a clap offering to the Lord? We can do better. Can we give a clap offering to the Lord? Amen. Let's have a seat, please. Can you welcome someone beside you? Say you're welcome. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy that you are in church today. You know, one thing to always notice, devil always makes plans for every one of us here not to be in church. It's a steady budget from hell to ensure... Some of you just be ironing your clothes and it gets burnt. Some of you, like Nepal will not bring light. Some of you, you sleep off. You know? Devil does not want gatherings like this to always hold. And uh, he keeps trying all the time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. I hope we are all doing fine. It's a good thing to be in the house of the Lord. I hope you're happy to see your brother and your sister. I hope you're happy to see. Because at times, just seeing ourselves is a sign that we are still in the faith. (laughs) If we don't see you again, you know, there's a lot to ask around whether you're still in the faith or not. 
Amen. Now, I really want to bless God for today. I want to thank God for this opportunity. I want to thank God for, uh, for the life of our Father in the Lord, uh, Pastor Lachlan Zachariah. I want to thank God for this opportunity. I want to thank him also for this opportunity to stand in front of every one of us to say a few words and to trust God that God will bless us. I also want to thank God for the leadership of the church. You know, I always say that um, anywhere I find myself is like I have this, um, I have this, um, how will I call it? Uh, an ambassadorial uh, pressure to represent those who are training me. I don't know if, that's the best way I can put what I'm saying. But I know you understand what I'm saying. So wherever I find myself, I'm asking myself, what will Pizak do? What will Mamadi do? Uh, for example, if I'm, if I'm tired, I always ask myself, what will Mamadi say? If you want to learn how not to be tired, you know, you, you would always remember our words, you know? And, uh, you know, every other person, I always ask myself, how am I administering things? Am I administering it like Pastor... Uh, I call her mama. Uh, actually, I have two mamas. So. Uh, so I always ask myself, how will I behave? You know, as I'm managing my workers, you know, is this how I said that I would uh, manage nonsense and deal with nonsense? You know, so <laughs> so there's and also Pastor Obi, you know, how how will I? As I was just driving out, I waited for a woman to come into her front line. And the woman put one of her fingers on her head and did like this to me. And I was carrying teenagers. And I said, teenagers, did you see that uh, that woman just abused me? But we move. <laughs> and I moved there. And I told myself, I mean, uh, you know, La Pazobi will say that I hope we don't see you fighting on the street and we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to sort out. And we never find ah, pastor, <laughs> you understand? So... So it's, it's, if you don't feel that way, there's a problem. If you don't feel like you are representing people uh, that are laboring over you. You know, one of the things God said he would teach me this year is to really understand the gifts of men. It's not your own word, it's my word, don't worry. You know, it would really help me understand the gifts of men, the place, the place you know, how God places men to... Uh, make this your work, your W-A-L-K, with him possible. You know? And I hope every one of us as well, we would appreciate you know, the things God is bringing into our lives, particularly men, people, I mean people who are alive. I'm not just saying dead people. You know? Some of us, you know, like, I think in this part of the world, we are very, we celebrate the dead more than we celebrate the living. You know? Uh, you know, some people can still stay in the 1945 person that uh, they don't even know much about him, but they heard that he was a great man, and you don't really see the great men around you. And then you, you die, then you now know that you, now, you actually had great men in your generation as well. So I don't want to be that kind of a person. That it's when we get to the white throne judgment, I will now start seeing all the amazing things about, about the person, you know, 
while we are yet alive, I will be able to identify, I will be able to put premium, I will be able to celebrate, I will be able to tell God that, God, I know this is the person you sent for me now, not, I wish I was in the days of Ayobabalola, I would have been X, Y, Z. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, today, I'm going to speak briefly. I don't have much time again. Um, I'm going to speak briefly on um, a thought that we've, we've started talking, I mean, something we've started talking about. And I will trust God to uh, help us go deeper, particularly in uh, making another journey from that thought, which... Uh, is the thought of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Papi made mention of something um, 31st, you know, that this year we, you know, we would see fruits in every area of our lives. How many of us believe that? You know, and when God says we would see fruits, most importantly, uh, Fruit is not necessarily, or being fruitful is not necessarily uh, something that excites us as humans. It's not what, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's just like a tree that brings forth fruit. The fruit on it is player to we that want to eat it, right? We are the most excited. I have not asked a tree whether a tree is happy before or not, but... I feel like uh, we are the ones most excited to pluck. As a farmer that is most excited to pluck the fruit, uh, probably maybe the, uh, in the case where maybe there is no farmer there, you know, like the apple tree we always pluck. Most of us, uh, even the one that didn't belong to us, I mean a tree in another man's compound, you know, you stretch a long tree to pluck it. We're always, des- I mean, we're always desirous to be a partaker of fruit. And so as much as God is saying to us that uh, we will be fruitful this year, it's more or less like uh, putting us in a place where we can bring that expectation back to him. It's actually God that takes pleasure in our being fruitful. You know, you know as much as uh, you think you will be very happy, you will thank God when you see fruits around you, um, it's God has to wire us to appreciate being fruitful. You know, by ourselves, we, we could think of, you know, being great in other ways, you know, other than producing in the order that God desires for us. You know, uh, there are many things we can term, you know, and thank God, Papi helped us to understand that, you know, God desires us to be victorious other than just being successful. We, we are naturally wired to be a success or to be successful. You know, you just want to ensure uh, you can see things through. But many a times, the second question is always, uh, was that exercise productive? Uh, did you achieve what you were meant to achieve? And, and all of that. And even when you uh, bring different parameters to judge whether that thing was productive, uh, you can still miss out the perspective of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let, let's go to our, the anchor scripture of this whole uh, idea of being fruitful. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us have imagined yourself in church 50 years from now? 
Like, you'll be seeing Adassa 50 years from now, or maybe wherever Adassa is, or who will still be here? Who will still be in Nigeria 50 years from now? Me, I'll be here. Don't worry. <laughs> ah, no, Mama. Mas, sir, no handle. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm even saying that, yeah, God can take you anyway. But I'm just saying, like, in your own, the things that you know, <laughs> you, like, man, the things me I know as per knowing. Not as per maybe what I don't know that God can just miraculously do. But as per what I know, I'll, I'll be here 50 years. Like, Papi will be teaching me when I'm 50. That's what I know. No, 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 I'm, I'm serious. Like, there was a day in service I actually imagined, like, Papi being 60-something, 70-something, and I'm still seated very close to the front, and still, yeah, I imagine that a lot, uh, because I feel like uh, I should be truthful to myself if I will still be hearing these things then. And so I told myself, yeah, I think, yeah, that would be a good sight. That would be a good side. Like, I'll be telling my, I'll be using eye to cut my son. Who will be seated. Who will be listening. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be doing that. And I'll also be ensuring that. That would be very beautiful. I'm serious. That's, because that would be like more years than we've actually spent together. So, it's, it's just an, I'm enjoying the sight already. You know? Mama in our beauty. You know, imagine that beauty then. Amen. Let's go to John 15. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Sorry, please. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes. Now, if you remember many Sundays ago, probably maybe four or five Sundays ago, I did say that... uh, the husband man is desirous of fruit. And there was a place we read in the gospel. I think it talked about the parable of, uh, uh, I think it's the parable of the vine dresser. I can't remember. But there, there was a place we read that talked about a businessman that traveled, came back, and he wanted to uh, access a tree he planted and wanted to have fruit. And... Uh, he saw that the tree didn't bring forth fruit, and uh, he told the vine dresser that, uh, why is this thing not bringing out fruit? And then the vine dresser said, let's give it uh, extra years, that after that extra year, we can take it away. And I did mention a statement that your, your being unfruitful uh, is... Uh, your being unfruitful would always cause you to be taken away, you know. 
the man came back and said to the vine dresser, I want to take this away because the guy is not producing fruit. And then the vine dresser said, let's wait. Uh, now, there was a statement that the husband man made. He said, I have provided all that this guy needs to be fruitful. Uh, my, my not seeing fruit in his life or in the, in the life of the tree deserves for that tree to be plucked out because the tree or the fruit, uh, sorry, the tree or the, the, uh, the person has gotten all the resources of heaven to become fruitful. And then the vine dresser said, hold on, please. Let's wait for another year. And if this, fruit, or if this uh, tree is not fruitful after that one year, you can, you can take it out. And so you, we can't change that fact that God or that truth, that God will take away anything that is not fruitful. It's just a matter of what? Of time. Uh, we don't know the extra time God has given to anything that is unfruitful. But it's just a matter of time. If it keeps being unfruitful, it will be taken out. And I want that to stay with us that uh, unfruitfulness is not is as deadly as a cancer. Its goal is to terminate life. Do you understand? So when, when you feel and you know or you are being told, you know, by the Lord, that you're unfruitful in a certain area. Uh, it's not a thing to be casual about. It's more like something you should get, like jack up and you, you are, you know, the way you declare emergency, basically, because you don't know when you will be taken out as concerning that thing. You don't know, maybe they gave you five minutes to quickly make adjustments. You don't know, maybe they gave you one year. You don't know, maybe they gave you two years. But there's just a surety that it will be taken out. The branch will be taken out for being, for being unfruitful. And it says every branch in him, uh, and here is in me, that does not bear fruit, it takes away. Hide in me and hide in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Can we say as the branch? Cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me. Okay, let's read it again. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, God is saying here that there is you don't have a possibility to be fruitful except you are abiding. So the, the, this brings us back to what do we now even term fruitfulness. J- Jesus is saying here that you can't be fruitful. He's not saying that you'll be fruitful, but I will not accept your fruit. He's saying you can't, you don't have, you know, just the same way a lion cannot give birth to a goat. There is no paradigm of success to produce if you don't abide in Jesus. So what I want us to appreciate first today is to even do like a demarcation. When we are saying people are fruitful, people are producing, or people are productive, we need to now make a distinction. Um, What is he abiding in and in what order is he meant to be fruitful? So, you know, at times we compare ourselves with our colleagues. Oh, am I 
making progress in my career? Is he making progress in his career? You know, LinkedIn has become a very, you know, pressure, pressure everywhere. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? You know, we look at, when we look at the, the word fruitfulness, we start our assessment from a general point of view. We look at the whole humanity and we just, is this person fruitful? Is this thing fruitful? But Jesus is saying here that you can't start the conversation of fruitfulness. Like this is the best place to talk about fruitfulness. He says a branch cannot produce of itself. And I think in previous Sundays as well, I I said in, in Genesis, God desires that everything that he created will produce after its own kind. Meaning your parameter to judge fruitfulness is not outside of your framework that God has put in you or the operating system that God has put in you. You, you, don't, uh, you don't expect uh, what God has stemmed to produce in X order to produce in Y order. It would be a wrong parameter to judge that thing. And so he says the branch cannot produce in itself. Probably the branch can produce in another thing outside of him. But when it has to do with the branch producing in itself, producing after what God has designed for it to produce, outside abiding in Christ, it's not possible. You know, there are times when we have seasons where we still feel we can go without the Lord. We should just tell us that everything we've done through that season was not fruitful. Like, regardless of how, how far or when we come back to our godly sense that, oh, I've journeyed away, I've strayed away. But if we make an audit of that strain away, everything that has happened to us as we strayed away can't be collected as fruitful exercise or can't be collected as fruits. So even when you say that, oh, someone is no longer in Christ, uh, or maybe someone has backslided or backslided, and the person is still maybe having promotions, we can't, we can't term those, those will not be collected as his fruits of his journey. Because he wasn't abiding in Christ when those things happened. Let's say he, 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 he got a deliverance. He got, I, mean, I mean, so many things can happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But Christ is saying that everything that happens outside of abiding in me cannot be termed as being fruitful. It can't be that thing producing in itself. It's something else. And so when, when that branch sits down to analyze how many years have I been fruitful, is the years he has abided or he made an abode in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I want us to look at the word cannot. He's saying it's not possible. Even if he had all the compassion from everywhere, from heaven, from earth, from anywhere, he's not able to produce. He's not able to, as a dead man, he's not able to breathe. Is not able to. And I want us to understand the implication of that. There's, even if we desire that it should, imagine watering a thing that cannot produce again. The watering is, is, so imagine me preaching to you. The word will not produce 
if you are not abiding. That's, what I'm, that's an example. Imagine someone giving you something and expecting that, oh, when you take that thing, you have the desire and the joy to make, to increase in that order. But if you don't have maybe the right instrument to make that thing even grow in the first place, then my sympathy to you is, is useless. And so we can't be at the mercy of effort without abiding. Imagine there, there's, been, there, there's been a lot of effort over your life. See, not abiding is you signing off that none of it would come or amount to anything. So it's, it's a case of cannot. It's not whether or maybe you would try and some might or some might not. Or maybe it would try and maybe if, if, he, if he's very serious with it, he would hold it. It's not even a thing that God says you will strive to produce in your kind with your strength. He's saying you cannot. Now, even when the Lord cursed Adam, he said you will still tore the ground and you will bring something. You would use your sweat to produce that. But when God says you cannot toil, that means if you, or you cannot bring anything even if you toil. It means if you keep toiling night, day, nothing will come out. And so our abiding in Jesus is, is everything to this conversation of fruitfulness. So I wouldn't start measuring fruitfulness someone who is not abiding. I won't start looking at the person who is not in Christ, who is not abiding in Christ, or who, is not, or who has not created an abode in Jesus to now start measuring, oh, is this person fruitful in this thing? Is this person not fruitful in this thing? And so the admonishment first is we can't do anything outside of Christ. We can't produce, we can't be producing, we can't bring forth anything outside of Christ that would make us say that this man is fruitful or this man is not fruitful. So he says a branch cannot, cannot, it's not possible. You know, this year, you know, as we run, let's, let's know that our plans are abiding in Jesus because there is a cannot on that thing. Imagine starting the year and it is already impossible. Yeah, that, it's, it means regardless of how much strength and motivation you have, there's an, there's an embargo already. As long as you say you want to produce in that which God has ordered your life, there is a cannot put beside abiding. So you know that abiding makes it impossible for that plan to come to pass. The new year resolutions, the new year plans, the new year projects, the things that you think and you know, even the ones you are conceived and you are persuaded of that God will do this this year, there is a cannot on it. You know, God, God upholds himself to his word. Now, that's the cannot. When, when God says he cannot do anything outside of his word, yes, that's, that's an example of... Even if he gives you his word and you don't abide in his word, there's still a cannot. It makes it impossible for God to bless us when we are not abiding. And I mean bless us in the order of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read on. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, 
There's another you can do nothing there. You cannot do anything. You know, I, I, I don't want us to see ourselves thriving outside of Christ this year. Because when the Bible tells you, you also, you also need to tell yourself that uh, without Jesus this year, I cannot do anything. Without Jesus this year, as a dead man is, is not expected to, to breathe, except he's raised up or raised back to life, I cannot do anything without Christ. Christ is everything for me this year and beyond. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gathered them and threw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. So the last part of this, uh, this portion of the scripture says that what brings glory to God is your fruitfulness. What, what brings glory to God or what glorifies God? So you would see when I said earlier on, it's not the branch in itself that is so much enthusiastic about being fruitful. It's, it's God that seeks glory. It's God that desires that you, he actually desires it more than you do. You will probably be fine not bringing much. But it's God that desires that you be fruitful so that you can bring glory to him. He says the father is glorified. God is glorified. Glory comes to God. Glory, when there's harvest of our fruits, glory comes to God. Now, I don't know how God ensures that that happens, but he's just saying, you remain fruitful, glory comes to God. Oh God, am I bringing glory to you? Be fruitful. God, is this church bringing glory to you? We will be fruitful. Our fruitfulness is what brings glory to God, not our worship alone. Our fruitfulness, our fruitfulness is what brings glory to God. He says, my father is glorified in heaven that I bear much fruit. And so the, the, the message of fruitfulness is to those in Christ. Like I said, we can't, we can't, that's a huge demand on someone who is not in Christ. It's a cannot, it's not possible. I can't tell my friend that is not born again, oh, be fruitful in this order. No, it's, it's not, it's unrealistic. And so the concept or the conversation of what of fruitfulness is, is, is for those in Christ. We can place a demand of the God kind of fruitfulness on a person or on an idea that exists outside of him. It's not possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's no, there's no amount of self-determination that will make a man fruitful. You know, whether you study how people get fruitful. You know, some of us, we are students of observation. You can observe, oh, this, this person wakes up this time. You know, just let's give an example. You want to be fruitful in your devotion to God. He's saying it is only possible if you abide in Jesus. Oh, you say, okay, let me watch, uh, or, or let me go to you version. Let me see how people are doing devotion. There is a cannot on everything in Christ that is not done in him. So no amount of self-determination will make a branch 
become fruitful. See, it will lead to frustration. Because you will do everything other branch does to become fruitful, and yet you are not fruitful. So self-determination on a branch that doesn't, that is not abiding, good morning, sir, that is not abiding will lead to fruitfulness outside of abiding. No, no, so let me read that again. There is no level of self-determination a branch can have that will lead to fruitfulness outside of abiding in him. We should forget bringing glory and pleasure to God if this conversation is not a burning desire in our heart. And so we're saying for, for God to, to be glorified, we bring fruit to him, right? But for us to also demand fruit, we have to check, is that branch abiding? Now, when, when Christ says the branches or the branch, he's talking about us, right? And he's saying that for that branch to be fruitful, he has to abide. And he also says there is a cannot on that branch. If that branch is not abiding, we will not place any expectation on that branch as long as he is not abiding in Christ. Let's go to the book of Luke. And I want to quickly read the story of Mary and Martha. To be very honest with you, uh, there is a conversation that connects with abiding that is there. Let's go there. Hallelujah. You know, there's one thing I've learned in, in, or I'm learning in church is that the scripture is for edification. Don't label any character a bad. Don't, don't say, something is a bad example, so I will not learn anything from something. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? You know, don't, if, you know, maybe one day, maybe we'll just teach on Judas and we'll see, we'll see another life in Judas, maybe the fervency of something else that, you know, I, that's one thing I'm appreciating in church, not to always throw, throw is it the baby with the water? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was last Sunday that Papi teached. Maybe it, uh, it taught some. I'm trying to. Sorry? Yeah, on the product. You know, we saw a lesson in the guy at home. I, I never imagined that. I was like, we have condemned this guy. Because before, my own journey started from condemning the prodigal son. So there was a session that, I mean, maybe years back. Papi told us that he's not the prodigal son, he's the lost son. So ah, I reduced my conviction of convicting the guy. So as I learning from the guy, then we are now back again. We're not learning from the guy. I'm like, whoa. So, so, so even when there are, there are two characters, one is doing good, the other maybe is currently doing bad, then later did good or did good before, then later did bad, we'll carry out the lesson. Yeah, so that's, that's why I'm taking us to that place. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I think from verse 38, that's where that story starts from. Are we all there? From verse 38, it says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. So Jesus was doing some, um, uh, some, some evangel- like crusade work and 
the journey led him to a certain village. And Bible started this particular conversation with a certain woman in that village welcomed him. Now, the, the first thing to look at here was just Jesus went to a village. Now, the, it's not as though Jesus went to the house of this woman. It's just like maybe Papi coming to Magodo. And I have sense enough to say, Papi, um, I'm well, you, can, you can stay here. Uh, come and have your lunch here. Do you get, oh, he came in the morning, come and have breakfast here. That's, he didn't plan. It wasn't as though he was going to visit Mary, Martha. Because it's Martha that they said owned this house. And so a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into a house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Jesus came into that house and Baba started dishing again. You know, some of us that when we just go to any of our friends' house, it's Rema, you know, you just sit down, just start teaching. So Jesus, and imagine maybe one of the siblings in the house just came to sit uh, with Papi in the house and somebody else was, you know. Let's go on. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Mary was distracted with much serving. Sorry, Martha. Thank you, sir. Was distracted with much serving. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, you won't be a good student of the Bible if you think Jesus categorically condemned serving here. What Jesus talked about was you are worried and troubled about many things. I don't know the many things. But what Mary was about doing is a good work. No, it's even one of the anchor that you must place your life on. Seven. Seven. See, you must not drop seven for anything. You have to. See, I, I think if we are to draft values of this house, seven is one of the values. You are not useful unless you are seven. You are not meant to be saved. You are meant to serve. So Mary was about that. But Jesus said, Mary is troubled. Mary is worried. Uh, sorry, Martha is worried. Martha is troubled about many things. And the scripture didn't let us into, Jesus didn't even let us into the many things. But I'm sure Martha knew the things she was worried about and the things she was troubled about. But Jesus said that Mary sitting with Jesus has chosen a good part. Now, the two things I want to bring out from here is we would sit at the feet of Jesus for us to be able to abide in Jesus. Now, old service. See, service would rest on abiding. 
Now, if you serve in absolute, outside of sitting, you might get to this point. Now, it's not, it's not service that made you that useless. It's not sitting. Because you will serve. Don't, don't forget, see. I might make some assumption, you know. I don't think this Mary is just a very lazy person. I probably guess maybe she had done her choice. Maybe she just heard Jesus was coming and she knew the good part, which is sitting. She knew that when Jesus, when Jesus comes around, when Jesus is around, I have to abide. Whatever comes out of it is going to benefit me and my household. And so he said, Mary had picked the good part. Mary had selected the good part. But Jesus didn't condemn Mary's service. Now I've heard people correlate both the service with the worrying and the trouble about many things. Now, even if the many things are a part of our efforts to bring the service to the table, Jesus still said, don't be worried and troubled about many things. Now, it's not throw away service and come and sit down. It's, you can do that service without worrying and being troubled about many things. You know, imagine you were just told, okay, you need to fix the, the one logistics for maybe a huge program. Now, as much as that service is on your table, it's not to lead you to this. Well, like, hey, ah, you know, you know, there's always a testimony in this house, you know, and it's always spoken by the mouth of uh, Pastor Obi. When, when the project of this building came, now if it was you, maybe it's worrying and troubled about many things, the foundation, where the water, the conduit, the blah, blah, blah. But the good part there is for he would sit, and I believe he said like, what will God do with this? And so he was not worried and troubled. Actually, it's a big project to be troubled about many things. Where will the pillar beam? How much are they selling iron now? Iron has gone up. It will be a lot of worrying and troubles. But Jesus says that there's the good part. You can sit and your service on sitting becomes worthy. You know, like you now understand what I say now. You can't throw away it. We will take the service of Mary, and we will take uh, sorry of Martha. I don't know why I'm calling Miriam. Is there a Mary in church? <laughs> uh, we won't throw away the service of Martha, but rather we would place the service of Martha on the sitting of Mary. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because if we don't abide in Jesus, we will see December 31st, 2023 will come. Like Papi will always say, it will come. And yet, all the things you desired to achieve in Christ, there was a cannot on everything. See, even God has put himself on an embargo of his word. Yet he can't do anything outside of his word. That's, it means there's impossibility existing somewhere outside of the word. Wow. And so the, the, the things that we are writing down, okay, God, I want to do this for you. 
For example, if you even tell yourself, God, I want to be committed in my giving, do it in Christ. You just feel that at the end of the year, God didn't use your one couple. Like you just found out that, ah, yes, yes. See, God desires to not see anything outside of him. He, he, he stresslessly blocks anything that is outside of him. Let me quickly share a testimony. You know? Now, don't let me do it like papi. You know, say maybe last year. It's not last year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've, not, I've not learned it that part. Really. So if I even try. Everything my own, I might mix everything up. So let me, you know, there was a particular time I said, I learned of, of a project in the house of God, and I told myself that, uh, ah, this project, ah, I'm a Toribo, ah, uh, why are we here? Now, whenever I say, why are we here, God will say, who are you? <laughs> and friends, there was, <laughs> there was no fruitfulness in that order. See, there's something called God cannot use you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like God is searching for who to use. Then you now find that, that you can be used, but you can't be used. But you're like, there is a cannot outside of abiding. It's, you will find out that it doesn't even stress God to look away. It doesn't stress God. It doesn't, it's something algorithm understands that principle. Is this in abiding? It's not abiding. Pam. Is this in abiding? It's not abiding. Pam. Even before we say, was it fruitful or not? They, no, no. We will say, was it fruitful or not? Oh, did he get it in God or no? The first question. So they don't even first of all talk about fruitfulness. Is, is this guy abiding or is he not abiding? Pam. So even if the guy is so fruitful, is not, is equal to zero. So the, 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 the concept of abiding is so important that our possibility to abide, sorry, to be fruitful, to do much in God is resting on that abiding. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the story of Martha and Mary puts forward to us a position that we have to take this year going forward. We have to sit at Jesus' feet. You know, one of the commands or commandments from SOD is sit in the local assembly. Sit. See, let me tell you something. There was a time that most of us could tell you that we were not sitting. And it was not, it was not well with us. You know, I was dry, we went to, you know, probably sent me to a church in um, Yanopaja side after Yanopaja uh, to represent him there to preach and there was also a teenage it was a teenager's arrangement preteen teenagers ah preteens can frustrate people <laughs> <laughs> sit down don't get... <laughs> okay. see for Jesus to say don't forbid these children to come to me that's the humbling state you can't pursue them they have to come and so we we had a beautiful time there. And I trust God that God will keep doing the work there. Amen. Then church is Mercy Gate uh, Tabernacle. It's a very beautiful church, like big, big church. And so when we were coming home, I, so I pointed to myself and Joshua went. And so I pointed to him uh, a place 
in Ikeja, there's a plaza, the Ascentage Plaza, just beside the Samsung building. I don't know if that is the structure. So, uh, so I had already told Joshua a story before. So he now said, oh, so this is a place you said that always competes with you going to church. So let me explain. So then, when I'm coming from K2, so I was staying in K2 then, and because the, the, the idea of local assembly, there was still a revival in my soul. God was still helping that place of local assembly, local assembly, local assembly. So whenever I just drop at, uh, at the bus stop there, I was just being restless. What should I use this Sunday for? Oh, there's still one coding that I've not done. The way programmers are frustrated, you can be sleeping and your, your one thought will just come in and tell you, now you know the solution. So you don't wake up. So that's how I always have restless nights. You just wake up. Then you find out that the solution might or might not, might not come. So it could be coming and it's thought to just jump. Pam, that, ah, that bug that you were trying to fix, this is the solution. Just Google, you will find the solution. And I'm almost close to church. Then devil will win. I'll just... Ikeja. I'll just enter Ikeja boss. I just enter Ikeja. Now, at that time, the only conviction that I'll be waiting to hear is my, my now wife, because then we now just, the question is always, so what did you learn in church? I was like, ah, she must stream. She might not stream. Because, so that I can answer that question. And so, so that was, so when, when he saw that building, he said, so, uh, Pastor Lalo, so this is the place he said, you always struggle, you always struggle, struggle with them. And back, back then, it was just self-determination, pushing things. Trying to, oh, I want to be successful in my career. I want to get this right. I want to get that right. And many a times, making that journey was always practically unfruitful. Like the problem you want to solve, saving for Monday, you still get to the Monday, and the problem is still, is still there. And so I was telling some folks recently that, guy, that you are sitting now, and I know what you are doing, the work you are doing. Don't see it as a sacrifice. See, God, see, devil is not happy you are sitting. Because he would tell you that you probably have alternatives to getting things done. You pro- because you probably see your other colleagues, your friends, the way they, they define irresponsibility with their ethics. Now, being a Christian that comes to church is a responsibility of a child of God. But when you hear, ah, uh, my Sunday, my Saturday, you know, at times you come to Monday and you can't really say how your weekend went because you spent your weekend in church. You know, they say, you know, they will start something in our office. We share the pictures of what you did over the weekend. And I laughed. I'm like, I'll just be showing people being slain. I'll say, see, see, this one, this is my pastor slaying somebody over the weekend. Uh, over the weekend also, this was glory home. Yeah, that's what I plan to do. And my, I told you, yeah. So that's what I'll be showing. Like, got my marini. Because for them, is we went to the movies. Uh, we went skating, we went skying, we went to movies. <laughs> and, and so, so then it was impossible to sit. But devil was ensuring I wasn't sitting so that I wouldn't be fruitful. That was, that was the game plan. Me more, I didn't know. I was thinking I will be fruitful by just being self-determined. 
by saying, okay, these are the things I want to achieve this year and me being a go-getter. You know, that word, go-getter. You can't go get anything <laughs> if you are not abiding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so sit, sit. See, any, any, any teenager that, is, that you are seeing being restless, just tell the person, go and sit somewhere. Go and sit. See, there's a whole lot of deliverances we've seen in our teenagers. They're just coming every Saturday. Just coming. Just coming. I'm serious. And when you hear the testimonies, you'll be, you'll be blown away that God can really do this in the life of a teenager. It's the power of sitting. Yeah. See, if, if you've never seen fruitfulness before, you sit for only three months. Yeah. You know, there was a day I told one of us here. I said, see, if you come to this place with not having a proper mindset, actually, what I told the person is your head is not correct. That was what I told the person. Like, if you come here and your head is not settled, and I'm still using good words, <laughs> but that's not what exactly I said. I told him that, see, after three months, your head you be correct. That's like the game plan of God for every mental illness and spiritual illness. Just, just come here and sit and sit. Your life will be ordered. Then you start producing. You start producing because the miracle is that as you sit, the things that are unexpected of you, but that are destined with you by God, you will start seeing them come out. Hallelujah. Now, I think in 10 minutes, I'll quickly talk about one of the major thoughts I actually wanted to share, which is pruning. Let's go back to John 15. I will run through this and I will trust God to continue with us. Let's go to verse 2. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it prunes. It prunes. Now, let's just make it very simple. God is saying there is a pruning in that arrangement as well. You wouldn't produce and die. You, you wouldn't you know, produce, then we have your harvest, and then you're gone. No. God intends that you last. And God's way of him ensuring that you last is that he can prune you. You know, there was a day I saw a small clip somewhere where a, uh, a husbandry person, uh, someone who takes care of animals, was trying to, was using saw to cut the horn of uh, an animal. And why were they doing that? It was because the own was growing stresslessly and was going to enter into the, 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 the ram's eye. Now, if every one of us saw the ram when it was growing the own, beautiful. Guys, it should grow on, right? Yeah. Grow on, grow on. But growing on is getting to the point where growing on is now going to kill, kill the animal. But the farmer came, brought a saw. Now that's pruning. That's the farmer saying, you will not die because you are producing. Because that on growing will grow to the point where it will grow inside the eye of the ram. And the ram will die because of what? It was growing on. And, and that in itself 
says to us that God wants us to last. And the way God desires that we stay through, we keep producing. Because he, he says more fruit will keep bringing him glory. Like the mathematics of bringing glory to God, just be producing fruit. Be producing fruit, God will be having glory. God will be having glory. A life that is not producing fruit is not bringing glory to God. And so pruning confers on us that ability for God to ensure that we last. That we are not taken out after two seasons. You know, uh, uh, during, I think on Sun, the last Sunday after SOD, the Sunday after SOD, Apostle Brandon Bailey says, you know, pruning is what God does to remove dead things or overgrowing things. You know, things that are growing beyond proportion. Your being fruitful can lead to, or and not being pruned, you would grow beyond your, beyond what God has planned. And it's always, see, that possibility is always to terminate and frustrate the branch. Imagine a, an apple that is growing on a tree, growing beyond size. Just growing, just growing. They've not plucked it. Many a times it would even die. And so you being fruitful has uh, another exercise of pruning. Now, it's, it's, it's only God that works this. It's not yourself. Now, how God works this quickly, God works this through the gifts of men in us, in our lives, sorry. The gifts of men, you know, I spoke about uh, when I started that God intends to teach me this year about the gifts of men. God works the exercise of pruning through the gifts of men. Uh, you will not say, God prune me, God prune me, God prune me in your room. You say, God prune me, then you come outside. God prune me, God prune me, God prune me. Come outside, let me prune you. Come outside, let me prune you. Yes. God prune me, God, anything that is dead and overgrown, take it, come outside. Yes, tell someone, come outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we, we hide, see, pruning is not, is not sweet. That's why God had to say that is he we loves that he does it for. If he's sweet, he, will de- he didn't need to say that, ah, and I love you, that's why. He says, is he who the father loves, he chastises. They have to say that because it might not look sweet. But what God does through pruning is that he uses pruning to confer authenticity on us. You know, he says, he who the father loves. Is he who he prunes? He says, as a father chastises a son, if he doesn't chastise you, you're a bastard. That's authenticity. That's they placing identity that is mine. This is mine. So pruning puts authenticity on your, on your fruitfulness, on you being a branch. If a branch is producing and is not seeing pruning, you start asking questions. Hey, I, I know I can't just be producing. And I'm, dead things are not growing around and I'm not overgrowing. I have to trust God and pray that God bring the pruning exercise my way. Whosoever God has placed in my life, let me be attentive. Let me know. Let me discern. Let me know that this this instruction is the pruning God is bringing to me and let me walk in obedience. Hallelujah. Pruning puts validity on our placement. 
It puts, it confers identity on us. It puts validity on our service. It puts validity on our fruits. Pruning. It puts validity on our service. It puts validity on who we are. We are sons of God. We are sons of God. We are sons of God. Are you being pruned? That's, are you being pruned? Yes, I'm a son of God. You know, this year, I want every one of us in this house to know that God, God would make us all fruitful. You know, one thing that you will see and it will be a miracle is that everything that has always been unfruitful before, you know, for example, you always just go on unfruitful journeys. Like you go and come back and you ask yourself, what did I go and do? Nothing. You know, go we stop, go we stop every fruitful, unfruitful outlets. It, because if God is emphasizing on fruitfulness, then this year is going to be a year of harvest. You know, you've, you've always tried to win souls, but you would win souls. It would make it fruitful. It would make it fruitful. And that's why God is helping us to understand the perimeters of this journey. So that as you are being fruitful, you're also looking forward to pruning. You also look, you are putting weight on the words of the gifts of men in your life. You are, you are putting premium on it that, mm, God, uh, is this instruction? You are, you are looking forward to it. It's not, it's not that you are, you, are, you, are, you are running away. You know, you're saying, God, prune me. Then you're running away. God, prune me. You are not here. God, prune me. You are not sitting. God, prune me. You are nowhere to be found. And this year, and in the years to come, you know, we would, we would really appreciate, we would really bring a lot of glory to God. Because our fruits will abound, will abound. We will keep producing, we will last. We will not just produce one year and die. You know, we will not produce so well, in a year, in two years, and we are nowhere to be found. But as we are producing, God is employing his mechanisms of keeping us, preserving us by pruning us, removing the dead and the weighty things and the overgrown things or the things that are even going to choke us and kill and take us out. Hallelujah. You know, can we begin to respond to God in prayers? You know, I just wanted to say to God, God, prune me. Amen. 